On this episode of the Rich Head Poor Head podcast, we have Brian Nielsen, the marketing director over at Sherp. You may have seen their ads of you know guys popping their bags. It sounds really good. I'm probably about to buy one myself. But these guys are spending well over seven figures, you know, every single year doing absolute damage on the creative side of things, scaling, how they perceive price and value, how they're boosting their LTV. There is just so much going into this one. So, I mean, if you're a fan of how business came from, you know, zero to 100 real quick, you want to tune in because there are some golden nuggets in this bad boy. People are like, well, what, what's your budget like? Is it like you have $30,000 a month on a budget? And I'm like, no, I have infinite money a month as long as I get a return on it, which, I mean, it totally makes sense. Like if you knew you were gonna get a 3X return, like I'll put a trillion dollars into that thing. Like that, I'm gonna get a 3X. So, uh, but how I can control that has really just been down to like a scientific method of like, okay, uh, I need to trust the path of what I've been able to do with the creative. Um, and I need to be able to, uh, try to forecast accurately. Okay, when I start pushing things above a, above a certain level of spend, where does it go? What do I what what happens to my return? And so I built out a sheet. You're listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. All right, everybody, we are back in business with another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast. We've got your host, Dylan Carpenter, in the house. And today, I'm pretty pumped about this one. I'm always in pain with my back and whatnot. And I think I found a new product to buy later today, maybe. But you may have heard from them. You, you may have seen their ads. Most likely, they're spending well over seven figures, generating some awesome numbers. Um, we got Chirp. You've definitely seen the ads of the guy in the woods and his back popping a little bit. I love that ASMR stuff. I don't know what it is, man, but it does wonders. So, I mean, we got the marketing director, Brian Nielsen over there. He's going to be sharing some awesome things kind of what they're getting into. So, Brian, what's up, man? What's up, Dylan? Thanks for having me, man. Not a problem. I was pretty amped about this one because, I mean, I was just going through kind of finding all these badass brands, and I was pumped you kind of followed back up, and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to get chirp on this thing? That's going to be epic. <laughs> well, I'm going uh, to get exposed by all the really good ad buyers out there. They'll be like, how did this dude scale so much with such just sketchy tactics? So it'll be good. I'm, I'm glad to see. I hope everyone pokes holes, and they make fun of me, and I'll make fun of them back, but I'm excited. That's Makes the world go around that way. <laughs> but give everybody a little background of kind of who you are, kind of when you joined Sherb, kind of what y'all are getting into, so everybody kind of has some context. Yeah, for sure. So what happened uh, is I have a background. Uh, I got my bachelor's degree in uh, business management with a dual emphasis in marketing and finance. Uh, in high school, I had a little bit of experience with entrepreneurship, uh, done a bunch of internships, went to Quicksilver, went just trying to get my life straight. Um, and... I was uh, at a job right out of college, um, and I wasn't loving it. It wasn't really for me. It was an insurance company. So I got really heavy into analytics and started geeking out. and was like, oh, dude, like Microsoft Excel, like coding <laughs> and VBA, like this is dope. <clears throat> um, and one of my friend's brothers owned this company called Plexus. 
which is now Chirp. And he was like, hey, I'm looking for someone to start the marketing team. Because until that point, he didn't have any really like, he didn't have any salaried employees. He didn't have anyone. He was just working with kind of freelancers. They had just made uh, kind of a bigger hero video that they had launched and they had seen some success. Um, and they had recently just pivoted from yoga to back pain. Um, and so with that, he was like, yo, I, I need someone to, to build this out. And me just being prideful and overly confident. I was like, yeah, I'll build out a marketing team for, for you. So um, he hired me um, to build that out. And that is where I am now. I had no previous experience with Facebook ads, no successful experience, at least with more than $10 in spend. Um, <laughs> and How long ago was this, actually? This was in 2018. This was May 2018 that I came on. And uh, the name was changed from Plexus to Chirp uh, in July 2018. We launched a Kickstarter. Uh, and on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, we did over $2.1 million, uh, which is the highest uh, funded pain relief product in history that I know of. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was really successful. And I just kind of came and was drinking from a fire, ho fire, fire hose. and. Uh, been learning tons since so so you threw yourself to the wolves yes sir yes sir. that is awesome man that's the way yeah. to do it though i mean heck yeah yeah that's that's a cool story there so i mean fast forward to, to you know these days you're killing on the media biasing huh media biasing or you kind of worry yeah. even if you stepped out of it for a little bit yeah so uh, i guess i left out a, a chunk of the story i suck sorry my <laughs> podcast good, okay. yeah so <clears throat> Anyways, we had someone doing Facebook ads for us. Uh, he ended up, and, and he works for us still. He's great. Um, but he ended up hiring someone at an out, outside agency, one of those like classic gurus that are just like, yo, like, hire me. I'll triple your ad spend. And I have like 10x ROAS on this like $20 spend or whatever. So, <laughs> um, so he was doing it, and I just got really nosy. And so, like, as they were spending money, I was like, I had this little campaign called Brian Test. And I was just like testing because I was like, I don't trust this dude. Like, I feel like because I was leading a lot out on all the creative also. Um, and so having that kind of like short line between creative and ad buying is such a key. Um, and so I was just like, yo, like video team, let's make this video and I'm going to plug it in right here and see how it does. And I started doing outperforming him in my tiny, tiny little test campaign. Uh, but eventually, like a, a year into it, year and a half into it, I was just like, dude. Like this guy sucks. I don't trust him. I have trust issues with all ad buyers now because of this, um, because of the things they promise and they just can't deliver. Um, and so last Black Friday, which is a terrible time to take over an ad account if you don't know what's going on. I was really freaked out. But uh, so I took over the ad account and we just ended up plugging in all the assumptions that I had, all the small scale testing we were able to just build into it. Um, and lots and lots of ad dollars spent later we're here uh and i have done it up until the first of october and now we've just hired an outside guy to do it but there's a uh, a lot of money that has been spent since then so oh yeah you may remember this i remember like this has been happening like two years but like there were three days before black friday where like facebook was down yeah yeah that was that was our yeah that was freaking crazy so in y'all's current situation, is it more of an agency y'all kind of work with or is it a freelancer? Oh, he's a freelancer. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a buyer at a, a bigger company and has a lot of, 
he, he's like in on all the big Facebook sales calls and and so he, he's got pretty good ends there and so heck yeah man. yeah well congrats on all the success that's well super thank you exciting. yeah well it's time to get to the nitty-gritty man Let's you know we love to kind of dive into what's working for businesses these days and i think y'all are a killer example of you know a business that's doing wonders in the d2c community online so mm-hmm. i mean what's your kind of rich hat in this world so rich ad and and I can only speak to what I have done. Um, we're changing away from it a little bit, but uh, talking to to the guy who's handling it now, uh, he's kind of said how weird it was that we have been successful with how things have been set up. So <laughs> um, <clears throat> we have a great creative team. Um, and I think that is what sets Chirp apart from everyone. Uh, is back pain is, is boring and stupid and no one can talk about it without seeming like an infomercial. Um, and so we just kind of took that and we ran with it. And we, we've we always really wanted to make sure that Chirp is a brand that's both relatable and reliable. Um, so Rich Ad, uh, there was a point when I was doing my little testing and my little campaign. And I was just like, how do I sell this product? Like, how am I going to sell this back pain thing? Like, I don't really have back pain. I don't really know what to do. I don't know how Facebook ads work. I don't, I don't know, but I knew that if you could, if you can sell it to someone in real life, you can figure out a way. I figured you could figure out a way to sell it through a digital medium. And so I called my mom and I was like, mom, yo, like, do you want to buy this thing? And she's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, no mom, like, wait a second. You don't know anything about this. You're just, you just love me. So I was, she's like, okay, yeah, well, what is it? I'm like, it's a chirp wheel. And so I wrote that down. She's like, what is it? So I wrote down the question, what is it? And then she's like, what's it do? And then so I was like, I wrote that down. What does it do? And then I wrote, and then she said, well, how's it work? She just started peppering me with all these questions all the way down to why does it come in three different sizes? Uh, is shipping free? Is what's the guarantee on it? all these things? And I just wrote all these questions down until finally I nailed the sale and I sold my mom on a three wheel pack. And, uh, so with all these questions, then I went to the, the creative team and I said, yo, guys, like, let's figure out videos uh, and let's break down all these questions and let's make videos about them specifically. So let's have a top funnel, kind of a prospecting. Let's have a top middle funnel. Let's have a lower middle funnel and let's have a low funnel because we figured if we can just group the questions into those four funnels, which I know is a most people are just like, they do prospecting and they do retargeting. And so people are like, you have a four-stage funnel, you're wasting it, you're not going to scale like that. But we did, so shut up. So uh, so when we started answering these questions, we just kind of started seeing things turn and start to go. And we had to put uh, like 50% of our ad spend in the prospecting top funnel. And then we broke down to have like uh, 30% in the middle funnel. So the upper middle and lower middle and we put about 20 percent in retargeting or in the in the low funnel uh and so as we did that and as we had the creative to layer in the funnel because all the creative was different and i think why most companies can't do this is because basically their prospecting creative and their retargeting creative is very similar yeah um and the fact that we could have dialed in different things uh in each part of the funnel that just ended up killing it and then we just started scaling like crazy and we started spending more and more money and um at the beginning of this year we sold out of wheels uh in january uh and then we started getting them back 
in February and March, and then COVID hit, and all health products went up. So this was nothing that I did, uh, other than set a base. Uh, and then we sold out again. And we had sold, we were sold out from April until like July. Wow. But we were just pre-selling people, and we were still getting like a three x ROAS on like. 500k in spend each month uh, for those months. So uh, that was it. That was a very long-winded way of saying our rich ad was we had a kind of a more complicated four-stage funnel. But the reason that worked is because we had creative that was dialed in for each of those things. And I know that people are probably going to be like, well, if you could actually do better, just keep the same creative, just pare it down to just prospecting, retargeting. And that's kind of a, a direction we're going in right now. But uh, it worked really well for us. And, and I, I did test the two stage, but when you have uh, Facebook doing the bidding, like lowest cost and everything, it just kind of screws some stuff up. So yeah, that's the rich ad. That's the rich ad. And it, it worked really well. That's killer. I mean, and that works for a ton of businesses. You know, I mean, you got to understand where your buyers are at in the customer journey. Cause I mean, people mm -hmm. are going to have questions. And I think it's so funny. You want some mama bear to be like, Ask me some yeah. questions. What 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 do you want to know to just really figure out how that messaging should go? Because I mean, shit, somebody who's been to the website is gonna be super different than somebody who's initiated checkout. So I mean, totally. you really have to fine tune that messaging there. Mm -hmm. Now, a question I have for you: This may have been, you know, this may not be as relevant now because Facebook changes so often. But how are y'all kind of scaling out of curiosity, doubling the budget, upping at 20%, duping that campaign and raising that? There are so many ways to do it. And I mean, I feel like there's not really a specific way on here's how to scale, how to, how to spend from, you know, 100K to 500K a month. You may not be able to share it. <laughs> no, man, I just feel bad for everyone listening. They're going to be like, this dude, what the, <laughs> like this, this worked for us. And that's all I can testify of it is this. This is probably like this worked for the 1% of people uh, that will try it. But I just started spending more money. I don't know. I didn't really have a strategy. I was just like, this is working. I'm going to spend more. Um, and occasionally things would mess up and I'd be like, okay, let me dupe the creative. Let me do uh, probably every like three or four months. I'd dupe the whole camp, all the campaigns. Uh, and I'd change a little bit as far as like ad sets um, and, and who's included in each ad set. Once we went to campaign, budget up or CBO. Um, that was a huge game changer because it took a lot off my back rather than being like, okay, I'm going to spend like 2000 on friends of fans. I'm going to spend 3000 on website visitors. I'm going to spend three, like whatever. Uh, I was just like, look, I'll put the right demographics that exist in there and the right creative. And then Facebook, you just pair up because we have so much creative you just pair up the creative with the ad set with the person. So uh, it was cool. And I don't know if this is just in my head, but I, I felt like we were just like, look, Facebook, like we're giving you everything that you need to be successful. All you have to do is like keep sending the right creative to the right people. Um, oh, you're uh, the algorithm is way smarter than any media buyer out there. Yeah. I don't care what anybody uh, says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. funny because some of the campaigns, I have one campaign at like 10K a day right now. And it's zero targeting, broad, 24 to 64. Maybe yeah. with creative assets in there. And I'm just like, go crazy, Facebook. <laughs> and it, it works, which is, it's just like, oh, this is great, Facebook. How it's many creatives great. are y'all testing actively, you know, before you kind of find one that just really hits that spot? Um, oh, let me, uh, we have, 
Oh gosh. We it's like in the hundreds, uh like easily in, in the hundreds. Probably actually not easily in the hundreds, probably in the hundreds. Uh of different things we have because we we'll try to have our video. We have two videographers and, and they'll make several videos a month. And then of those videos, they'll chop them up uh, to different things uh, along with videos that we've seen that are successful that are just kind of like our core videos. Like you mentioned, uh, Clayton, the bigger guy rolling out in the woods. Um, you have uh, the bubble wrap test, uh, which that's another key for success is if you can show your product working rather than just tell someone about it, that's great. Um, but uh, yeah, lots and lots of creative, like Makes overwhelmingly sense. an amount of creative. Yeah, I feel like it's y'all's fault partially because I feel like I saw the ad of the guys back popping, and I just go down rabbit holes with chiropractors popping people's necks, and I'm, I just—it's so yeah. weird, but it's so appealing. So I feel like it's oh, yeah. fault. like I get hit by all these on my Instagram feed now. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's our fault. We'll take that's it. Killer man, yeah, very different way, but I mean, it's never a one size fits all. So I mean, hey, if it works. Fuck. yeah Just throw some fuel in the fire <laughs> exactly and it, uh it was i mean it was a little bit more technical than that but because i don't i'm not like in it like i'm not a i'm not an ad buyer's ad buyer you know i'm a sketch bootstrappers ad buyer um and so i couldn't really tell you right now like oh yeah this was scientifically what what we did but i do remember in the moment it was like it was a very thought out decision of of how we chose to scale things and um, but it was really just like a, there's no one key to success to ad buying. Like you just test, you test until it works. Um, and the more you test, the smarter you get at testing and the less money you waste on testing because you know what to test. So yeah. No, man, yeah, it's perfect. One thing I've noticed recently, I feel like I've followed brands around a little too much, kind of creepyish, whatever, <laughs> but I noticed y'all recently changed your offer within the past maybe 30 to 60 days, maybe from like maybe 129 to 99, maybe. Yeah. I was curious on how often y'all change offers or if you kind of test one at a time or how that kind of comes to life. Yeah. So man, Chirp is seriously just like, I hope there's a case study one day with all this, the weird changes and stuff that went on because I feel like in college or whatever, I read a lot of case studies like Dropbox or PayPal and all these things. And you don't realize how many just, flippy things went around. I probably should have written them down. But um, so the offers uh, in the early days, we'd switch it around a lot. Um, and it kind of came back to Hannes and which was something I really wanted to go against was we had the wheels priced really high and we would just always sell them on a discount. And so something that I started to notice was like, hey, people will only buy if we have a discount. They won't buy just straight up. And it's because we've taught people, you only buy trip on a discount if we're always running a deal like that, and I understand once again, the people listening to this are like, well, the idiot, because you need to give the people a deal. I understand. But um, just too much of a deal too often, it would just kind of train people to buy on price and not buy on value. Uh, and so with the creative, we really, really tried to amp that value. Um, and it has paid off. So, but we did we did mess around with the price. All the wheels individually, if you were to buy them, they, they're at one sixty five. Um, so, but for a long time, when we came out with the Chirp Wheel Plus, it was it was priced at one twenty. The beginning of this year, we had a sale that was supposed to be for March Madness. Rest in peace. And <laughs> um, 
it was just supposed to be it was supposed to be a good deal closer to 100 but not quite 100 because 100 was in the past like that's our black friday thing is a hundred dollar um but then when covid hit and we're just like shoot like people aren't going to have money um and people really more people are going to be at home with back pain uh it was really probably the most genuine like hey let's just hook the people up with a good deal uh of a hundred dollars uh and not only is that like a, a good marketing play but it was also just like hey like let's just hook the people like let's do a good thing for people uh we're still making money on it um and once you get under the hundred dollar threshold you get a whole new set of people just like when you get under 75 or when you get under 50 it's just a certain mental block if you're like oh it's under a hundred dollars i don't have to ask my wife if i can buy this um so we've actually been running that since march um but yeah so no, man, killer. go find the deal at gochirp.com y'all <clears throat> yep <clears throat> Um, for the deal don't worry about the value yeah. <laughs> yeah. well man this this is freaking interesting here this episode is brought to you by funnel dashes ad card the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend and if you're an advertiser spending tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on ads and you're in e-commerce and you're looking for more capital or credit to scale then you're probably familiar with solutions like shopify capital brex and Clear bank. The problem with these solutions is the cost of capital is expensive and they take a percentage of your revenue. One of the beauties with AdCard, when you combine it with one of our in-network, of our 5,000 in-network agency partners, you have the opportunity to qualify for free ad capital funding where we'll load up your ad card with an additional $50,000 all the way up to a million dollars of additional capital to deploy on platforms like Facebook, Google, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, and more. So if that's you, if you're in e-commerce, spending a ton on ads, and you're looking for a way to decrease the cost of, of capital, check out AdCard. We'll get back to the show. So of course, that was quite a rich ad segment. Now, when it comes to the poor <laughs> ad, we love to you know, showcase we're not all perfect. We all test. How, what percent of tests actually works? 20, maybe 30%, let's be real. So I mean, What's y'all's poor ad in this chirp world? Even even tests that don't work, I think it just depends on how how positive you are as to how many tests work. I'm a hundred. <laughs> I'm positive, man. We never have tests that fail. Now, uh, um, so our our poor ad, it's not necessarily an ad, necessarily an ad, as much as we have not been able to find products that pair super well to upsell on the back end with the chirp wheel. LTV. Yeah. So we have, and which is weird, is that we we easily break even on our prospecting for like, and, and I know that a lot of people that are just like, yeah, like even with Facebook ads, I'm cool if I just break even because we have such a good LTV. And I'm like, we can't do that. Like we need to, we need to kill it. Um, and so it, it's really just been the back end products and we're still or not searching really anymore. We have some tests coming up. So by the time this comes out, we should be out with our new topical gel called Relieviate. Shout out to this thing. It is, uh, it's like an icy hot or a, a, a deep blue, um, but it, uh, and with supplements and stuff, it, it's kind of a weird world of things you can say and can't say, but I think I can say that it, uh, gives cooling sensations, uh, 
If but, Fitch is your back within 24 hours, everybody. No, no, no. Thank you, Dylan. Thanks for saying what I'm not allowed to say. I know that I'm not allowed to say that it relieves your back pain. So <laughs> I'm not allowed to say that. Um, but yeah, so that that's uh, going to be awesome. And honestly, it, it it's a great product and it's a consumable product, which makes it a great product from a business standpoint. So uh, we have that coming out. We have a um, a, a third version of the chirp wheel. Uh, which is going to be super rad. It's going to have kind of vibration and heating technology in it, which will be super sick. Uh, and that's going to be a higher price point item. So uh, those are just a couple of things that we're trying to do. But for the longest time, like on the back end, we have just been like, buy more chirp wheels. Like we'll, <laughs> we'll sell them for like, instead of 99 bucks, we'll sell them for 60 bucks. And honestly, like it kind of works um, because people, We'll just be like, oh, cool! Like, I could give these to my friend. I could give them to my family. I, I can give them. So it works. It works especially well in, in Q4. Um, but because we don't really have anything else, it's just kind of like we're just shoving. Like, here, do more stuff, which works also in supplements. It's like, oh, you bought one supplement, let's sell you eight, and people are like, oh, that makes sense. I'll get through these eventually. But a chirp wheel, we have like a great warranty on it, and so if it ever breaks, like we'll just give you one for free. So there's not really a reason to have multiple sets in your house. Um, save the planet. Don't buy multiple sets for your house. Buy them for your neighbors. They can kill the planet and fix their back. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's kind I mean, of that where we're at. So it's more of just, you know, finding other, you know, products that match with, you know, these types of pain points more or less to just boost AOV and LTV that was just kind of having tricky spots with, I guess. Yeah, totally. And, and, and last year, this... I wasn't fully supportive of this idea, but what we did was we did a uh, a big like backend upsell, like very it was very gimmicky. Like I it made me mad, but it, we were testing for testing sake. But I like I was livid. I was like, this is destroying our brand. But um, because that gimmicky stuff works on older people who you would think have back pain. If it's like well, like that's why the freaky infomercials look how they do. But it is the polar opposite for people that are like us who were like 25 to 35, like they're like, no, that's cheap and gimmicky and I'm not <laughs> going to do this. <laughs> so uh, we saw a lot of pushback on that. All like comments just turned negative on Facebook. Like, ah, everything was going great until I got to this sketchy upsell page on the back end. Um, and so the key to that was really just knowing our demographic. Our demographic is 25 to 45. Uh, with the key person is 35 years old. And most people that go into back pain, they're like, oh, I don't know, like 50 to 75 years old. No, like we know who it is and it's not that. And the messaging turns our demographic away that, that we really need to go after. So that is a also paired up with the LTV because we need to do up, we're trying to do these upsells. But the, yeah, that was not a good thing for us. Man, I'm getting some killer highlights over here on paper. I'm like, that's a freaking highlight. Oh, that's, that's great. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting on the life cycle of the brand. You know, it's it's you know, it's not always all butterflies and rainbows. So I mean it's you gotta test and sometimes oh yeah <laughs> come out to life, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, like before last October, uh October's never been a great month for us. But last October, like something was going wrong with ROAS, and this is when I started to take over it. Uh but we had to just completely shut off our Facebook ads because and it just like destroyed it. Like we depend, we depended a lot on Facebook ads. And last October, like we, I was scared we were going out of business. I'm like, well, I'm going to lose my job. Like this sucks. And then Q4 hit and it was like, 
raises for everyone. We're buying a building. We're all, yeah. So, oh my uh, God, the flood. There's a little, uh, yeah, there's a lot of roller coaster going on at Chirp, but we're getting better. Startup life, right? You know, startup <laughs> life, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, snap, man. So these have been solid. So you know, we love to take a page out of the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, kind of meet the crossroads of marketing and some sort of financial principles or financial tips. So what can you kind of share with the audience on your experience there? Yeah. Uh, so when I, I, and I knew this question was coming um, <laughs> and <laughs> financially the owner Tate, Tate stock, great dude, uh, great entrepreneur works his butt off. Um, he is like the least risk adverse person I've ever met. Like he, when you say risk it for the biscuit, like he's like, yeah, he, he, he straight up does like he, and I, this is a shout out to him. He's still living in the same like apartment that he lived in in college, like five years ago. Uh, he drives like a $700 car. Uh, he's not like the classic, like entrepreneur, like, Oh, like I'm like self-made. I've just bought a Tesla. And like, he's like anti that. Uh, he has just reinvested everything into the business. And he has just told me, Brian, like, I don't care what you spend as long as we get a return on it, which is people are like, well, what, what's your budget? Like, is it like you have $30,000 a month on a budget? And I'm like, no, I have infinite money a month as long as I get a return on it, which, I mean, it totally makes sense. Like if you knew you were going to get a three X return, like I'll put a trillion dollars into that thing like that. I'm going to get a three X. So, uh, but how I can control that is really just been down to like a scientific method of like, okay, uh, I need to trust the path of what I've been able to do with the creative. Um, and I need to be able to, uh, try to forecast accurately. Okay. When I start pushing things above a, above a certain level of spend, where does it go? What do I, what, what happens to my return? And so I built out a sheet that kind of just has, our spend levels by our ROAS. Um, and then I have our fixed costs built into there to show me like, okay, if I'm spending this much, I need at least this ROAS to cover our fixed costs. Um, and so it does like a little rainbow thing. And so if you build out that sheet, you can, it, it really is liberating. Cause you're like, maybe we want a three X ROAS, but maybe at 600,000 a month in spend, uh two X ROAS actually is more profitable. Uh, because you're spending way, way more. So if you can, if you can get that dialed in, and you can build that sheet of like ROAS versus spend versus your fixed costs and what you actually need to cover to go buy, that's great. And we're in the stage right now of our business to where sales is everything. Like if we want to get into retail, if we want to get uh, deals with deals with these companies to help us uh, flow more organically and not have to spend so much on Facebook, we need to prove them like, hey, the demand's out there. All we need are eyeballs um, because the only reason we're not as profitable as we could be is because we're paying so much for eyeballs on Facebook. Um, and so once you prove that to them, then you move up in a new stage of business. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the, oh, shoot, like I'm so dependent on Facebook ads. Like, how do I get to the next level? Well, you sell more and that will attract bigger people to help you out and flow more organically. Um, and that is where the business starts getting more cushy and um not more cushy, more stable uh, and stabilized growth. So uh, 
sounds like leaderships uh, leadership was the moving factor for the whole business to keep that momentum going not getting oh, yeah. cocky reinvesting back into the business so it sounds like you know he definitely had his head on straight to really realize where he wants to see this mm-hmm. and hey the first couple of years may be tricky but i mean we're gonna build a beautiful monster you know yeah totally totally Damn. and uh it's it's helped we've gotten a lot of uh great contacts and, and retail and other places we air on shark tank tomorrow which is october 30th i know this will have aired already and everyone will know what happens i can't say but it happens so hope hopefully you guys all know and then we're on like a saturday morning spot at qvc this saturday, this saturday. so hopefully we're still on qvc when this airs and we're not out of business but <laughs> yeah so it's helped us a lot it's helped us a lot we're moving to uh uh areas where we don't have to rely completely on facebook ads so that's the way to do it. These platforms are getting sketchier and sketchier. True that. True that, man. Well, this has been freaking sick, man. So, I mean, give everybody an idea. You know, how can we support you? How can people find you? What What's next in the Chirp world? If you can share anything cool. Yeah, for sure. So, like I said before, relieviate um, the muscle uh, tension topical. I don't know what I can say still. Uh, that's going to be coming out. That'll be out by the time this podcast comes out. Go and try it. It's so good. Uh, you'll be able to get trial sizes um, and uh, just to try them out. And, and it's killer. You'll see that. Um, same with uh, the, the new Chirp Wheel 3. That's going to be coming out next year, hopefully. So go try a Chirp Wheel. I, I promise you, you'll love it. And if you don't love it, just like send it back. Like it's, it's cake. And I know that's everyone's thing. Like love it or send it back. But like it is really good. Um, and it's very underrated and you're going to see a lot more of it. Um, also, if you play pickleball, go to macawpickleball.com and get a pickleball paddle. That's my own personal thing. And that's my shout out. And I deserve that for being on this podcast. So uh, go. 100%. Y'all here first. The best pickleball. They're great. So anyways, but uh, yeah. Chirp is killer, uh, and I would I am super passionate about helping other people, um, especially the kids that are like in college coming up. Because I, I had a lot of people help me when I was in college. Like the CEO of like Nixon reached out. Like it was it was really cool. I had to reach out a lot, and I didn't always get like long talks. Sometimes I just got like a two sentence message, but it, it was still helpful. And so I'm more than happy to talk to anyone about um, ad buying about managing a marketing team, about creating a marketing strategy uh, or starting up a business or, or, or anything. I'm, I'm more than happy to talk. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn, Brian Nielsen. Hey, hopefully. I did y'all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dylan found us. So this is great. <laughs> hey, y'all heard it. Go chirp.com. Go buy some. Well, Go buy Brian, some. man, thanks for jumping on. This has been an absolute blast. Thanks so much, Dylan. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ed Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoored.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment. Share with a friend. If you do, Take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, Zach at FunnelDash.com. Show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to RichAdPoorAd.com to leave a review. 
go to richadporad.com slash review. Thanks again.